This is another bottle down on Co-op Radio, KOOP Hornsby, Austin, 91.7 FM, and KOOP.org. I'm your host, Mark Rayshap, here to appreciate wines from all over the world and to talk with Austin's leading wine professionals, from winemaker to sommelier and everyone in between. Now it's time to put another bottle down. Good afternoon, Austin. This is another bottle down. My name is Mark Rayshep. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is our Earth Day episode. We've got uh, a wonderful guest in the studio. We're broadcasting live. Uh, we're here with Daniel McKeever, who is a local wine expert and uh, and specifically super knowledgeable in a topic called biodynamics. So we're going to bring him in and uh, in, in just a moment. And um, uh, we've got a really, really great, great show for you. Please stay tuned. We'll be uh, back just after these tunes. All right, Daniel McKeever with Glaciers, Domains, and Estates, and uh, and one of the the local experts. I, I think that you're one of the most knowledgeable people, maybe in the U.S. on biodynamics. Is that uh, can can we say that? Or you've been studying it for a really long time, right? Yeah, I've been studying for about ten years or so. Okay, um, so I don't know. I <clears throat> kind of got into it um, a while back. I was uh, working as a broker and um, would go back and forth to France and was representing a bunch of um, uh, organic and biodynamic producers in the Côte du Rhône and in um, Burgundy. And, um, and so just over, over time, I, um, I found myself kind of compelled to these, these wines. And there was, there was one place in particular that um, it was uh, Domaine Rochandron and, um, and Vissan, and uh, the Southern Rhone, yeah. that um, just kind of the first time I went there, I just hated his wines. I mean, like, <laughs> just absolutely made me angry. I mean, they hurt my tongue. I was just like, I was like, just passionately angry about them. And um, and then I came back to the states and you know talked to some people who were who were selling it as well, and they were like, man, this stuff is amazing. And so I revisited it, and I was like wait a minute, they're good. Um, right. And then so I went back the next year, um, same place, and I'm like, okay, here we go again. Is this what's going to happen? And the wines just sang. They were just incredible. And um, and it kind of just just blew my mind. I was like um, talking to... Uh, Why did that happen? Yeah, I was talking to I was talking to the winemaker and owner, and I was like, what's different? What's, what are you doing different in, in, the, in, the, <clears throat> in the winery? What are you doing different... Um, you know, in the vineyard, um, different oak, what's the, I mean, are you using the same yeast and, you know, and everything was, yeah, no, no, it's all the same. It's all the same. And so right. I was like, can we take the previous vintage? And sure. he was like, sure. Yeah. And pulls them out and they're incredible. And, um, so was it you that changed or was it, and we're going to talk over the course of this hour about, uh, you know, changes that the wines actually have. What, what it, it wasn't me. It was, yeah. um, I, I went to dinner that night with, um, Bruno Lafon, who's, um, Dominique, Dominique Lafon's brother from Comte Lafon, and we were in Tanner. Super famous. Yeah, yeah, we were in Tanner Hermitage, like having dinner, and I was like, I was like, Bruno, how is it? How is it that you know one day you can love a wine and the next day you hate it, or vice versa? And he was like, Oh yeah, no, no, it's the difference between a fruit day and a root day. Right. 
And for the next hour and a half, that's all we talked about during dinner was, you know, basically it all depends on what constellation the moon's in and, um, and how that affects what's going on, the energy of, of the cosmos, you know, uh, opening up or closing down a wine. And my mind was blown. So um, wait, hold on. Say that again. <clears throat> just, just uh, you know, we're, and we're going to really delve into this. Um, but say that again. So essentially, whatever constellation the moon is in um, really changes the energy on what's going on in the bottle and the plants and all living things, um, even down to coffee or um or a salad or root vegetables or um salsa is different on different days wow you know so um so what what blew my mind was um i spent the next year or so um going out and showing burgundy and um pinot noir you know is very delicate and kind of moody grape Mm -hmm. and there's nothing worse in the world than like opening up a bottle of jevre chambertin and it just not being not being there, right? Like, like man, High I, just, hopes. I just spent $85 on this bottle of wine and I'm just like, just bummed out. Right, right. And so from this, I realized, you know, if you just open that bottle on a fruit day or a flower day, you're not going to run into that problem anymore. Right. And so, um, so I wrote, a, I wrote an article about it and sent it into Decanter Magazine and they wrote an article on my article and, and that kind of launched a whole uh, series of my journey into yeah, your biodynamics. Journey. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, this is, uh, we're, we're going to talk really about your studies and, and talk about how wine and, and different foods and sensorial experiences change on these different days. But, uh, but it is, we are celebrating Earth Day, so I want to first talk about what is happening in the vineyard. Um, and uh, because I think that a lot of folks out there might think of biodynamics on a superficial level as just being like organics uh, on steroids, maybe, you know, that, that, that <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah, you know, or yeah, yeah exactly. Non synthetic stuff. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, how do you feel about that comparison? And, and, <clears throat> and, um, and then also, what do you think is important for the consumer to know from the growing side uh, of biodynamics? So biodynamics is really just kind of a an overall meditation. Um, if you asked you know ten different biodynamic producers, you know what their what their the way they look at biodiversity or the way they look at um, uh, you know farming and and practices and what they do on certain days and stuff like that, each will give you a different answer because it is a collective understanding of the farm or the vineyard as one giant living, breathing organism. Everything on that, you know, all of the animals, plants, down to the rocks and stones, and everything is one thing and functions as one thing. So it's going to be different um, in Burgundy, where where you can't have an insectiary or you can't have, like, you know, bees coming in and stuff like that, um, compared to California, where you can just like have a whole ton of space and have, you know, more than just a monoculture. Right. So, so biodynamics is really a, a little bit open for interpretation in a lot of ways. It, it is, um, but it's also, so it is organic farming to the next step. Right. It's, um, it's really, it's really focusing on, um, on the lunar phases of things. Um, you know, you would, you would plant, um, fruit on a fruit day, you'd plant leafy vegetables on a leaf day, you would plant root vegetables on a root day. 
Um, but you'd also plow on a root day, you'd prune on a leaf day, and you'd um, pick on a fruit day. Um, right, and so and that that crosses over to all agriculture, right? I mean, sure. And 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 what do they find? Uh, are the effects in the vineyard or in the garden? Uh, when they do do these practices according to that, are they more effective or, uh, w- and when they follow the calendar? They're more effective when they follow the calendar. There's also, um, you know, uh, all of the, the different preparations, which are basically teas, yeah. you know, that you that you make. Um, I think everybody's freaked out about 501, which is the um, cow horns and um, manure and finding a spot and letting it, like, go from solstice to solstice and all of that stuff. But, like... Ultimately, when you look at most of them, I mean, like it's basically making a tea out of like chamomile and stinging nettle and um, and things that you know make sense. You right. know, if if your plants are stressed out, you spray them with a chamomile tea. Right. So so let let's. Uh, I actually have a little clip about Francesco De Filippis talking about this preparation uh, that you just mentioned, and uh, the whole. I think his his whole overall point is that. Uh, doing these certain things will improve the 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 living organisms and the life of the soil. So uh, let's 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 listen to him, and then we'll come back and and we'll talk about it. Uh, I'm I'm you know eager to hear your impressions on this. So this is Francesco De Filippis. Uh, he's got a PhD in biodynamics. He lives in Tuscany, uh, and he makes wine for uh, Cosimo Maria Massini. So uh, here we go. Uh, what does it what, what does it mean? What do you do on a day to day basis? And um, it's clearly more work than just conventional farming. Yes, yes. So um, the um, in biodynamic we use some specific preparation. Right. Maybe someone uh, uh, heard about the horn manure and the uh, and the horn silica. Right. So we use some. Um, uh, some to compost some um, cow dung in a horn in a cow horn, and uh, bury this horn for an um, entire winter, and then uh, dig up and spray to our mm, soil. Right. Uh, f- and this is uh, the most important preparation for increasing the humus and fertility and uh, and life of our soils. Right. It's easy to understand. So, uh, spraying this um, special uh, compost, we can just uh, for uh, explaining very easy, special compost to our soils. We we spray a lot of uh, microbes, good microbes. Right. Uh, so these good microbes, uh, these good living beings, will go to inoculate our soils okay. and. Uh, uh, increasing the the life uh, and uh, improve uh, uh, up the uh, life quantity of our right. soil. So you know that the only difference between a soil and a desert is the organic matter. Not, yeah. So if we lose the humus and our organic matter, this is made by also by a lot of microbes and other living beings. Uh, our soil will become a desert. The second preparation is a horn silica. So uh, we spray uh, silicate to our leaves. The preparation is more or less the same. So we bury some uh, silica, put it in a horn, in a cow horn, for a summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the inverse of the first one. Uh, And then we spray from spring to, to the harvest, 
for we can say for increasing the capability of uh, plants of catching light okay you know silica is a silicon is a very famous element for energy conduction you right. know just uh, thinking about uh, uh, solar panel or microchip or right. something else yeah so we use this uh, uh, element skill for um, for allow the plants to catch more lights right. and uh, increasing their physiological process right. and uh, this is the mm, one of the reason of the high quality fruits in biodynamic uh, agriculture. Right. And then mm, there is a big um, uh, effort for following the moon phases. Right. Uh, there are mm, some uh, different uh, moon phases because uh, uh, we are we have a calendar uh, related to the uh, sidereal uh, moon movements, not the synodic. Uh, that is just the p- position between moon, sun, and uh, and the fixed stars. But we follow also the moon uh, position on the different zodiac uh, uh, constellation. Right, and those dictate certain things. Yes, yeah, everything, everything from the sowing to the plowing to the harvest. Uh, uh, so uh, we used to divide these uh, phases in. Uh, Roots, leaves, flowers, and uh, uh, fruits, and uh, in uh, in uh, so uh, it means earth, uh, water, uh, hair, and um, fire. Okay. Fire and hair. So. Uh, okay, we're gonna bring that down. Uh, that was Francesco De Filippis, a PhD in biodynamics, and. Uh, uh, we're here with Daniel McKeever, who is a local wine expert and um, and really and really into the study. Daniel, can you help us um, break that down a little bit? I mean, th- this he was talking about um, burying uh, <laughs> cow dung in in a, 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 a skull, and does this actually make a difference? <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's kind of it's this crazy idea. Okay, so um, Rudolf Steiner, who's the guy who who basically came up with biodynamic um, agriculture, and I think it was 1924, mm-hmm. a year before he died, um, figured out um, there was all sorts of stuff going on with the commercial farming and right. you know the economy of uh, commercial spraying and growing more and selling more and stuff. And all these guys in Austria realized that um, the that was great for about a decade, and then all of a sudden their their soil was not producing what it once did. So um, here this guru kind of walks off with um, <clears throat> these elders for about um, you know a couple of days and comes back and just lays down these lectures. Um, um, and it starts with biodynamic preparation 501, which is um, you take the horns uh, from a lactating cow. Right. Um, why? I don't know exactly. <laughs> but, um, but it's all kind of like this idea of silica, you know, and like um, the silicon fiber like within a horse tail or within like the, the cow horn um, basically channels, channels the energy. Um, so you pack, this, you pack this stuff full of cow dung. Um, uh, bury it over the, over the winter. And, um, you know, I've, 
you wouldn't believe it until you go see it when you when you kind of like afterwards it turns into this humus that you're just like is the most beautiful smelling organic material wow. you've ever come across and you're like this was not favorable at all just six months ago right right so um so then you basically put it in a big thing of water and um and spin it and that's the whole compote that's the whole tea yeah component um, and concept uh, there right right and you you make a vortex and you swirl it around for hours and then go the other direction and go right, you know the right. other way and um, I was um, uh, in the Alto Adige um, at uh, Legator, and yeah. I was they I just kind of like looking through their their stuff, and I was like, okay, so that's where you that's where you um, make it dynamic and stuff, and I was like, okay, so who who has to who, who draws the job of stirring? <laughs> right, like, right. no, 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 we make it into it. We make it. Everybody comes comes in, and we we right. all we all take turns, and I'm like, okay, well, you see, that's that's a good idea, right? So, so it, really, all of that, and and I know a lot of people criticize it for being mumbo jumbo, and and but it really is all about creating a healthier soil. Yeah, I think that I think that we in this day day and age, and even a hundred years ago, we've become so disconnected from farming, right? From you know, for centuries before, I mean, like all life came down to basically farming and you know hunting and gathering right, um, right. you know so so there was like a whole lot of knowledge from way back when that has just slowly just let go through people going you know okay that's superstitious or that's you know you can tell it's going to rain because a a, a rooster's on the cow dung um, you know crowing right, or what right. or whatnot but there's kind of something to it when I when I first started like talking about this stuff to my family, my mom just like rolled her eyes and was like, "Oh my gosh, we've lost him. He's lived in Austin for too long." <laughs> yeah. And uh, I said the same thing to my grandmother who grew up on a farm with the farmer's almanac on the right, table every right. day, and she was like, "It makes perfect sense. I totally understand." Right. Well, I, I want to in in celebration of of Earth Day, I want to uh, just throw a, a little fact that I came across recently. I found interesting as far as um, greenhouse gases and. Vin- Vineyards, um, vineyards that actually use a nitrogen, an inorganic nitrogen-based fertilizer, can actually that nitrogen um, actually turns into nitrous oxide, which, as far as uh, greenhouse gases, it's 298 times as detrimental to the environment as regular carbon dioxide. So, I mean, as far as the effect, now this is a small piece of the emissions of the wine industry as a whole. Actually, most of the the greenhouse gases uh, produced through the wine industry is through shipping, whether it's finished wine or, you know, Mm -hmm. and and also the water usage. Um, but, But as far as, you know, biodynamics is concerned, it's they don't use any of these inorganic substances and it's just continuing to booster the health of the soil it's incredible right you know i think that a lot of us think about you know inanimate objects as not not being alive you know you think of think of the ground as like uh, you know it's 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 there's it's dead there's nothing there but no it's the earth is the largest living organism that i know right right and so i mean like so to like um you know the idea that um that everything which is part of the earth is alive it's it's basically changing your whole philosophy on on looking at the world right going through and studying this 
so I want you to talk about you know this big concept of biodynamics, considering the vineyard and and the whole earth and the whole ecosystem as one living, breathing thing. Uh, it, it you have to have diversity on the farm, right? So there has to be livestock. There has to be. Um, is there? A, I think that there's a percentage that the vineyard can only you know because with that diversity become comes the health. Um, in in a perfect world, yes. Okay. You know, um, in in an area where you can actually have uh, you know livestock and cows and horses and stuff like that, yeah, that's a great that's a great notion. Right. Um, you know, you would ideally want to use the reason the reason you use um, cow manure is um, because. Uh, the cows feed off of the earth right. and then produce like the the energy of the grass and stuff go through the cow and then come you know out the other way and um, that becomes like the perfect um, the perfect the perfect thing which feeds back into the earth and um, gives gives energy back right. um, that being said you know there's you know there are plenty of places where you can't accomplish these sort of things and you just i mean you can go to you can get um you know all of the biodynamic preparations from um uh the josephine institute and i think it's in georgia it's um uh, the josephine porter institute and so you know they'll mail you i mean you can order whichever ones you need and they do all the preparations there you can take them and and do what you will there are plenty of people i think who just get freaked out by the corn by the horn thing right right, right. they're like we we like everything else because really it makes you more meticulous in in the vineyard and that makes you a better farmer well i I do i do hear uh, that comment a lot that that it's almost like oh the the you know the constellations don't really mean anything but the fact that uh, <laughs> there, there's so much labor that goes into the vineyard that you pick any weed or you, you know, uh, you're, you're just spending more time and you're just more in tune with the vineyard. Uh, what would you say to that? Because clearly that's not, uh, you know, the, the opinion of the folks who are really in favor of biodynamics. Sure. I mean, like, I think, you know, being hands-on in the vineyard where, I mean, like wherever you are or hands-on in your garden, Anywhere, you know, yeah. the more, the more you, the more time and the more love and the more, um, stuff you put into it, um, you know, whether it's, you know, putting in the right, uh, cover crops in between, uh, the rows of vines to kind of help add nutrition and add nitrogen and add, you know, stuff, um, or, or, um, bring in, um, positive, um, insects that are going to take care of the other ones. Right. Um, you know, all of that stuff plays, plays together in harmony and, um, you yeah. know, it's, it's just, it just leads to better farming, better farming, not putting, I mean, it's like the idea of like, um, you know, you put chemicals into your body, you feel a physical change. Right. If right. you were to do the same thing to a vine, you know, um, that vine changes and mm. and the grapes that it produces um aren't as energetic and alive as, as as they could be right right so um you know i i look i look often at at wine you know as i'm breaking down a wine or as i'm tasting wine and stuff like that in in terms of the energy of the wine rather than just like focusing on structure and balance and um you know fruit and non-fruits and everything else and finish and stuff it's it's right. it's, it's it's does this thing grab me yeah, I think that energy in wine is 
something that really knowledgeable people about wine talk talk a, a lot about, and um, I think it um, it's hard maybe to grasp it for folks who are just learning. You know, it's it, when you're just learning, you're so concentrated on uh, the variety, Cab or Merlot or Chardonnay, and um, and you almost miss the fun part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does what does the wine inspire to you? Can you can you feel the the energy in the earth? Right, right. Yeah. Um, does it taste like that place? Does it give right. you Does it give you that impression that that it's it's living, breathing, and um, moving? You know, there's. The, I I talked earlier about um, Rochandron and like just being passionately just angry with that wine. I still find myself today, like, if I come across a wine that makes me angry, right. I'm, I'm excited about it because I'm like, it's, it's kind of like art, you know? It's like, um, it, it, it got an emotional response out of me. If, it, if, I, if, I just, if I put my nose in a glass and I taste something and I'm just like, eh, eh. you know, th- that wine loses. Th- that's like the worst insult, in my opinion, that you can give to a wine that yeah, it's boring. Absolutely. Know? I mean, like, um, you know, I, I really can't stand... Pablo Picasso. He drives me nuts. I think there's so much brutality in his work. I mean, right. like I walked through his museum on a Sunday in uh, Paris just because it was free. And by the time I get to the second floor, I thought I was going to like get phys- physically ill. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, when I walk out and I'm like, but the guy wins because he pulls these deep rooted emotions out of me. Right. right. So, so then I find myself compelled on on a wine that makes me angry i'm like i gotta taste you again right 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 we uh we're here with daniel mckeever we're talking about wine and and energy and wine and uh biodynamics and and a lot of human emotion we we need to take a short break to hear from uh from uh some some station business and uh we'll be right back with daniel all right, we are back. My name is Mark Grayshap. This is another bottle down on Co-op K O O P Hornsby Austin. Um, I'm really enjoying this conversation here with Daniel. I had to play a little bit of jazz uh, for you to get get that energy uh, back up and uh, and you know wine really in its in its purest form uh, should touch something personal to you, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and, and so we're, we're tying it in with with biodynamics because I think a lot of people in the wine industry uh, feel that when the soil and the vineyard is healthy, um, and and all of the right things kind of come in line, then you get more energy in the glass, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wine's actually made in the vineyard. Like uh, once you get into the winery, once you once you pick it all and you bring it in. The, the job of the winemaker is basically just to shepherd it along. It's right. like, don't mess with it. Just right. put it in this right spot, let it breathe, let it, let it evolve. Well, it's really interesting because there's not many other um, agricultural products where the owners are so invested in the health of the vineyard. I mean, the vineyard really uh, doesn't produce fruit until it's three years old and then can live uh, past 100 years old. And so um, the, the, the owners of vineyards really should be worried about what happens 10, 20, 30 years down the line and longer, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're a steward of the land. I mean, like, you know, when I kind of look at, um, you know, people who are sustainably farming and stuff, I'm like, okay, well, that's 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 good. And I totally understand in certain certain places in the world, right. if if it comes down to it and um, it's a life or death situation on whether or not you're going to lose your whole crop because of some sort of disease or something, and then you go in and you spray, right. um, 
So that would I, I don't, be sustainable. I don't, I don't, yeah, it'd be sustainable. I would I wouldn't necessarily fault you for that. I mean, right. like it's it, it makes perfect sense. We move into the organic world, and it's um, you know it's it's all about composting, and it's all about like you know um, the absence of um, most chemicals. You can use a little bit of right. copper here and there and stuff like that. Right, which, right, right. Uh, and some organic chemicals can even be a little bit harsh. Absolutely. to the environment. Absolutely. Yeah. So and then that, that brings us to biodynamics one step further, and and it's worried, you know, that they're concerned about the health of the vineyard and, and the whole ecosystem. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sharing it, sharing it with everybody. And, you know, there's a, there's a thing like, um, I was talking to a winemaker or, um, uh, um, I guess about a, a year or two ago, right. uh, we were in the vineyards and they, they decided to make the switch over. Um, and, and it was basically about the health of the employees. It's like, um, you know, not only, right. not only are you out there, you know, spraying these chemicals on the stuff, but the chemicals are also coming inside the people. So right. I heard a devastating, uh, study about, about children in Bordeaux and, uh, they were, they, they took hair follicles, from children in various cities in France and Bordeaux, one of the wine capitals, which is not the best place for organic farming and biodynamics, right? And uh, I, maybe maybe one producer I can think of. Yeah, yeah, um, of fame. There's yeah, um, but they did this. They 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 found that um, the hair contained more pesticides. Uh, of children in Bordeaux than any other city in France, it, and it was quite disturbing. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that you know a, a lot of growers are uh, trying to make that leap, but you know there's challenges. But but exactly the health of the employees and the if you live on the farm and you live on the the health of your family too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's move into um, the winery. Okay, so we, we were talking about the vineyard and the health of the vines, and that there are certain preparations. We shouldn't be scared of them, right? Right, not uh, at all. <laughs> uh, and that they just are going to ha- add uh, healthy humus to the and, and organic matter to the soil. Um, bring us into the winery now. Uh, so we have really, really um, uh, wonderfully healthy grapes that have been harvested on a fruit day, ideally, right? right? Ideally, you know, at all, as some some of that all depends on the weather patterns and what's going on. Right, you know, right. um, so you have to make you have to make choices. Um, uh, sure. In the moment, but are uh, there anything diff- is there anything different that 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 than they do on the production side? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah. so um, so I was uh, I was in Burgundy and uh, what was it uh, Maison Champy and um, this kind of guru Dimitri, um, this um, amazing Greek uh, guy is their winemaker, and we're tasting through um, I think um, some Chory Le Bon. And, uh, and he's like, what do you think? And we're talking about it. And he's like, okay, well, you know, on, um, you know, in a month and two days from now, we're going to, um, we're going to bottle that. And I'm like, how do you know what day you're going (laughs) to bottle it on? And he was like, okay, here's the idea. Okay. So, so the moon moves around, moves around the earth and it doesn't move around in a full circle. It kind of like an elliptical fashion, right? Right, you right, know, right. So, so um, when the moon's closest to the earth, it's at perigee, it's furthest away, it's at apogee. So the idea is you want to move, you want to bottle um, right after the moon is at perigee on the, on the following fruit day. Here's the theory. Okay. So 
gravitational pull is strongest um, right. at, at perigee. And so um, basically it's going to cause everything in the barrel to all of the, um, the solids to kind of fall down towards the bottom of the barrel. So then, um, so then you can rack the wine. You just kind of pump it, pump it over into the tank before you before you bottle it without fining and filtering. Uh. And um, and then um, so the wine, once again, you're not running it through a screen. You're not you know um, doing any uh, anything harsh to the wine. Right, right, right. And uh, and bottle on the fruit day. Yeah. So it allows you to be more gentle. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and this, I mean, like, once again, another mind explosion. Right. Um, and, you know, some guys out in California kind of follow follow a little bit of that that sort of theory. I know I ran into another guy, Paul Dolan, who was like, no, 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 I like to bottle on a, on a root day um, because I want it to come from a place of being closed to actually open up. And I, I told him that story, and I think he kind of changed his ways on it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <clears throat> uh, and, uh, and we're talking a lot about energy here in the vineyard. Um, you know, fermentation... Do biodynamic folks think about fermentation in a different way? Because there, there's a lot of energy being produced, right? Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, most, um, almost all, it's 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 really about um, the starting the fermentation with uh, with native yeasts, right. you know, and everything. Um, what's, what's interesting is like, you know, it, if you were to follow um, from one tank to the next, the yeast that happens over in the first the first tank, um, it it changes by the time it gets to the end. Right. So it's like um, it's just kind of like naturally occurring on the skins of the grapes and right. stuff. And right. why not? And if you can, and you can come to a um, uh, a full fermentation with it, it makes more sense right. to to use that natural na- natural thing. Yeah. Um, wonderful, and so I want to I want to move into um, something that you've really studied a lot, and and you you made uh, reference to it in the first half, but um, you know how wines are tasting different, and um, and you've you've done actually quite a bit of studying on this, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you know, I think it was interesting the way that you ex- explained that gravitational pull. Um, but that's not the only uh, thing that that is being affected because you have what you you have the lunar calendar. So uh, traditional farming used to you know they, they work off the lunar calendar, right? Where where that pull is really a big piece of it. Sure. But then the biodynamic calendar has so many more pieces involved, right? It definitely does. Can you uh, can you explain a, a little bit about about that concept? Yeah. So I kind of. Um I've been for years um, getting the uh, the North American biodynamic planting calendar from uh, Maria and Mathis Tun, um, T H U N, and um, and essentially like it's broken down into um, you know whatever whatever constellation the moon's in, um, um, you know. Basically, Pisces is a water element, so it's a leaf day. Um, uh, Aries is a uh, heat element, so it's a fruit day. Taurus is an earth day, root day. Uh, Gemini is light, and so that's that airs into the the flower day, and so and and on and on. Um, but it's uh, and that's all based on the constellation that the moon is found. You have to excuse yeah. me; I don't know a whole lot about sure. about this stuff. Yeah, um, so uh, it takes about twenty eight days for the moon to move through the entire zodiac, right? Okay. Um, you know, and um, 
and essentially um, uh, each each day is usually two um, two days that it's in that constellation, two three days that it's in that constellation. Um, and then on top of that, there are a whole bunch of other cosmic occurrences that can come in and, um, and change how, what's, what's going on. So how is that? I, I know that this is somewhat of a hard thing to really, to really pinpoint for sure. Um, I mean, I can, I can grasp that, that, that gravitational pull, right? Yeah. But there are other forces sure. involved. Um, so... So the idea, so the idea essentially is um, all plant life on on the planet goes into the production of these things on these days. Right. So um, the moon's in a fire element. It's then um, a fruit day. So the plants are basically in the production of bearing fruit. Yeah. Leaf days, they're they're reaching out and grabbing chlorophyll. Um, root days, they're kind of digging down. Um, and and flower days, they're in their reproductive space right right so um so in that you know if you cut flowers on a flower day they last longer than um than cutting them on a leaf day or a a fruit day Hmm. um uh, root vegetables taste better on root days fruit tastes better on fruit days uh, champagne tastes better on flower days. Believe it or not, that's, I don't know why it just does. And uh, you've done you've done copious amounts of experiments on that. Absolutely, right? absolutely. <laughs> Down to like, okay, if you roasted coffee on, you know, a fruit day, how is that different than roasting the coffee on a root day? So now, is it the energy from those things, or is it is it the changes that happen in our own body where we? wind up perceiving those flavors and aromas i think it's all interconnected i think that i think that you know it's all being part of the earth and um um everything everything moves together you know there's um there are a couple of times a month that um uh we have what's called an ascending or a descending node okay um so basically at that point the moon is blocking out part of the energy of the sun um, in that time, like I always notice, I mean, like, like traffic is terrible. People are angry. It's like one of those times in the times when you're just like, okay, if you're ever going to take a day off, take it off when, 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 when that's going on. Right. Um, but, <clears throat> but to that, it also makes it, it throws everything out of balance, like plant wise. So it, you walk into a place, um, on the biodynamic calendar called the unfavorable times and you're not supposed to. Um, water plant do anything on those in those times um, and you know and honestly that's when wine basically tastes the weirdest right for years I was like a buyer um, and um, and running a little store and would taste wine all the time and there were days when I was just like man just nothing tastes good today nothing, yeah, yeah you know or I mean like and I would I would wonder if it was me yeah, and and come to find out, lo and behold, you know, like a decade later, I'm like, uh, no, it's it, it has just... to do with the cosmos, right? So I have um, definitely, I think that all of us in the wine industry have have, have shared those moments. And when I was uh, a uh, working as a a distributor and broker um, and representing wineries, I would taste the same wines almost four, three, four times 
the same set of wines three, four times in the week. And, um, and just some days I would open them, you know, maybe eight in the morning, nine in the morning. And, uh, and my roommates would be like, Oh, what is he doing? Cause I would be, you know, I would be just grunting and saying, Oh, this isn't right. And then I'd open another bottle, you know, maybe it was corked slightly, very slightly corked mm -hmm. because if something is slightly corked, it might not show as brilliantly. And then I'd open another bottle and then I would just, you know, say, well, I got to go and, I got to leave the house and uh, yeah. We hear it all the time, you know, like at the end of almost every meeting in the wine business, oh man, the wines are showing really well today. Right. We say that even if we don't mean it, but you know, <laughs> I mean like, but that's, that, that speaks to that idea that, you know, some days, some days the wines just don't show well. Right. And, and that, and you've matched that up with these undesirable periods in the biodynamic calendar. Absolutely. So it, it's not just something where somebody suggests, hey, I, I don't think that this is, they're, they're tasting great, and then the next person says, oh, you know, power of suggestion sort of deal. I mean, you've really, really seen this correlate exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely have. Here's another little thing. Um, so if you if you were running out for some reason to um, you know to kind of dive into studying this sort of thing and you're like okay I can only drink wine on fruit days and flower days I don't want you to think that either um, right, right. because because okay so um, leaf days I find the wines kind of like add a little bit more of an herbal element a little bit more of a green element to right, the to right. them um, and root days kind of cause the wine to kind of pull in and and show more structure than fruit right so that still can be good if you kind of like start thinking about it in terms of like, well, okay, what about, you know, something that is all fruit that needs more structure? Let's, right. let's talk about like Shiraz or Zinfandel or something like that. Right. These kind of big, bigger wines that could benefit from that. So those, right. those are the wines that I show and drink on the, on those days. So, so um, I, I want to take a short break here and then uh, we need to, we need to take care of uh, some more messages here, but uh, we're going to, we're going to continue on in the, in the last part, uh, really talking about your suggestions and, and how people can kind of learn more about that sort of thing and, and how to best appreciate their wines. Okay. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. This is another bottle down on co-op radio. All right, this is Co-op Radio. It's another bottle down. We're talking about wine, and uh, we're celebrating Earth Day here with Daniel McKeever, who uh, works for Glaciers Domains and Estates, a local distributor. Um, he's really taken an interest in biodynamics and has studied it extensively. And um, and he used to have a uh, a, a a a website and podcast um, where you would talk about uh, what wines to enjoy on what days. And you had a forecast almost. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed watching those. I oh, mean, it, was, it was a video where uh, you basically talked about the, the phases of the moon and what it was going to do to your wine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so run us run us through again. You made mention that, um, so leaf day, it's a little bit more herbaceous. Right. Yeah, run so, us through those. So, um, so fruit day is going to want to be more most expressive, um, you know, uh, showcasing the fruit and uh, minerality and stuff like that. Flower day is more about aromatics. So, so the wine too is living, breathing organism that's kind of like waking up from a sleep and like want, it feels the the pulling of um, gravity, gravity and um, and what's happening. And so it just it it blossoms into showcasing the reproductive state of of where it is and the and the flower element. So so wines um, you know are are really beautiful on uh, flower days as well. Um, so we 
go into a leaf day. So you and, mentioned. So what wines would do particularly well there? You mentioned champagne. Where absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like like champagne. Um, I think um, you know Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, uh, Nebbiolo. Um, some of the thinner skinned uh, grapes um, tend to just kind of blossom um, uh, on, at those times. Right. Um, on the other hand, like if we got into like the super aromatic um, grapes, like um, let's say like Torontes um, right, right. or Viognier, it can almost be overload. Right. Um, so, so you would avoid those on the flower day. I days. would kind of leave those alone on yeah. a flower day. And in fact, they're kind of, to me, better on a leaf day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because so, they're so expressive and aromatic that they can take that close down right. a little bit better. Absolutely. So very cool. So bring them in, give them a little bit of um, the the sap element that you kind of pick up on on a leaf a leaf time, and Chenin Blanc. I mean, like can just really just yeah. blow up. Right. Um, and and yeah. Uh, so the other thing about a root day. So we're talking, you know, possibly you know Zinfandel or Shiraz or um, you know, a, a big uh, fruit bomb kind of wine. Right. Um, the other thing is older wines. Right. So a lot of times when, you know, a wine is 10, um, 10 years or so in the bottle, I mean, like if it, what it really needs is a little bit more structure. I mean, it's kind of starting to fall apart. Um, and, and I think the best time to have, have those wines are, are, are on a root day. Cool. Um, definitely in the way of like older Chardonnay. I'm like, you know, there are sometimes that you're just kind of like, okay, well, it's oxidized. It's over the hill, whatever. Right. Taste it again on a root day. Very and cool. all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, don't throw this away yet. Right. So um, how would you recommend that folks, if, if folks are interested in um, kind of following the calendar, um, what resources are there? There's a few apps uh, although I don't know how you feel about those, we can talk about them. Uh, how do you, and now that your website doesn't exist anymore, where you tell folks what where the, the moon is and, in, and what day it is, um, because it, it's pretty hard to come up with what day it is on your own, right? Right. So, um, so as far as the apps go... Um I really haven't looked at them too much or given them too much um, concern. Like the the first ones that came out, my, my big problem with them was that they were all uh, um, operating off of GMT. So it's like six, seven hours ahead of time. Okay. So, you know, where it is in, um, in France is like a whole half a day ahead of us and could be in a whole nother cycle and a whole nother place on the right, planet. Right, so. Right. You know, it's saying in um, on your app that it's a um, a root day, and it's actually a fruit day here. Right. So, um, so I, I I haven't been a big fan of those, and and the other thing is that they don't really kind of talk about all of the other cosmic occurrences that happen. Right. And they just say don't. So, yeah, they're just say do or don't, right. and like. You know, there's there's oppositions and conjunctions that happen. Um, so basically, to kind of understand that, like an opposition would be, um, you know, so something like um, the moon has an opposition with Jupiter, um, and Jupiter is in Leo, and so that is a positive thing. So so the Earth is right in the middle, and if you were to line up. Um, the moon and Jupiter um, on opposite sides of, of the Earth, the light interpenetrates the Earth that um, that Jupiter's in. So it's in so it's in Leo. It's in a fire sign. It's in um, a fruit element. Okay. And all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden we can be like in the middle of a, a root day and you have this positive occurrence that's happening that makes your wine great. Interesting. So, so there, there are just too many little things that, that I don't think the apps kind of go into. Right, right, right. Um, there's conjunctions, um, which are kind of negative things that go on, but you can have two conjunctions happening and kind of have a double negative, which can be actually, you know, have a positive thing. Right. Um, well, I don't want to turn anybody off from drinking wine. You know? No, 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 no. And I don't in want to go over everybody's head either, right. you know. And in, in, in a responsible way, and um, because this really is about appreciating the, the life force in wine. Yeah. And um, so so how, so we don't want to turn people off, but how, how do folks wrap their heads around this? So I think... And I, it does it even matter, you know? Uh, I mean, do you just roll with it? The wine's not in a great phase, so just roll with it. I, you know, I would I would just recommend getting the biodynamic calendar. Okay. And, um, and so you know, that goes through, so the, so the biodynamic calendar goes through each day according to your time zone? According to your time zone. So there's... Um, there's the the one that I, the one that I have here is the the North American one, so it's all set um, off of Eastern Standard Time. So you okay. just subtract an hour from everything, and we're okay. Good to and go that over so here. that that converts exactly exactly yeah okay. Um, and you know, there's also the the standard one, so um, is is for GMT. So um, okay. you know, that's all for Europe and stuff, and then. Um, you know, it's 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 an amazing book and it's an amazing study um, right. because it's always it's always changing. Um, it, it's it's um, it's so fascinating and and I think that some people it, it, it get really angry about it because they're yeah. you know um, because they don't want to feel like they're beholden to some sort of you know uh, celestial uh, energy. Sure, and there are plenty of wineries out there who just don't promote the fact that they're biodynamic at all because of that. Because they don't want to be seen as a yeah. little bit of a kook, kooky, right? Kooky right, person. Absolutely. I um, years ago I was uh, I was hanging out with some producers in California and. We were talking about Steiner, and we were talking about their kids are in the Waldorf School, and um, Rudolf Steiner also, you know, was an architect and invented the Waldorf School, and like did all the agricultural stuff, and um, uh, and a kind of spiritual, um, uh, scientific, religious sort of thing. So a lot of people were kind of like, "Oh my gosh, what do you say to people like when?" Um, you know, we talk about like this kind of being almost mystical. And I'm like, right, well, right. you know, the thing is, is I had um, a biodynamic garden for years. And I, I remember, you know, if you just, if you just like get out there first thing in the morning as the sun's coming up and stuff, I mean, like you kind of feel the presence of God. I right. mean, like it's, it's just being in touch with the ground and being in touch with, you know, the farm and everything else that's going on around you. Yeah. You just kind of, you, Honestly, you do feel like a spiritual connection, and that's and that's that's mostly it. Right. And then and then she was like, "Well, then, what do you say about Steiner's um, lecture where he talked about gnomes?" I'm like, "Okay, well, <clears throat> that's uh, that's you kind of have to take things into context." So he's talking to a whole bunch of farmers in like the late 1800s, and so he kind of said, "You know, he's talking about the life force of a plant, and basically right. that's underground." Right. And you know, it's like in the day of like telling fables and um, and stories to you know they're sitting around campfires and um, that sort of thing. Right. So, you know, he makes an analogy to you know kind of a fairy tale sort of a thing just to give somebody perspective on you know the outer ground force of the plant is what we see, but like ultimately the living breathing thing 
is in the soil, and the soil is part of its life force too. Right, right. And so all of that is alive. Yeah. Anyway, and, and that was a, that was the way that he was relating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, I think that the anger and uh, then gives some somebody something to criticize, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, what? Uh, so we've got just uh, about uh, six minutes left, and this has been really fun. I I've hope hope that y'all listening out there have enjoyed this conversation. Um, Daniel, what you know? What are some of your favorite wines and and regions? And uh, you know, you mentioned a little bit about. Uh, uh, the Rhone Valley and and Burgundy. Um, what what uh what are you really into nowadays? Sure. So um, so my big aha moment when I was twenty years old was um over a bottle of Pouligny Monarchet. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of like you know if you know if I had if I was on a desert island and could only have one thing it'd be white Burgundy basically. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but um. Over the past uh, past few years, I've been gravitating more and more towards Riesling, yeah, um, and particularly dry Riesling. Right. Um, and uh, I think last year, my absolute favorite wine was this thing called Rebels, mm -hmm. and um, I, I was just kind of looking down at the glass, like, and it's not very expensive at all. Um, just kind of like looking at it and swirling in it and thought to myself, this wine's absolutely perfect. You know, um, uh, Wagner Stempel, I think, does like an incredible Pinot Blanc. Right. Um, so German wines and and uh, white burgundies. Um, that's kind of my thing right, yeah, right now. Yeah, I think that there there's, there's just this, um, you know, minerality and um, that's a hard word for a lot of folks uh, too, because it's it's also something else that's that that you can't grasp. Uh, scientists haven't really identified it yet because it's uh, um, there's a big like, debate. Yeah, it tastes yeah. like the earth. It tastes like how do you dirt. describe yeah, morality I'm, to people? Yeah. So um, so you know most of most of I think the wines in the old world and in, um, in France and Italy and stuff like that have this. Um, sense of place and sense of terroir, sense of um, um, aspect and all of that. Um, the earth, the limestone, the um, the wet rocks or the forest floor and all of those things that, that we talk about because they're not allowed to irrigate. Right. And so once, you, once everything is dry farmed and you take... Um, uh, it make the vines like dig, dig deep. Um, they're digging through rocks and stones and everything else to, to find the water table. Um, whereas like a lot of times in America, I mean, like you drive through Napa and you just see lines of drip, 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 drip happening. And, um, and essentially that washes out all sense of place. So, um, so I think for us, a lot of, a lot of, um, the, so do you taste that too? There are some dry farmed wines in California where, you know, where, where you where, get where, minerality. Uh, right. And, and almost back to what we were talking about is that, um, that health of that soil, maybe from organic biodynamic practices retains that water a little bit more, right? Absolutely. And, and, it yeah. does. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so. So you you feel like that that's one major aspect to that minerality is that definitely yeah. definitely, I mean um, the other the other thing over the past um, the past year that I've really kind of gotten into which I um, uh, you know maybe a decade ago would um, would feel guilty about saying this is <laughs> California Chardonnay oh yeah I mean like um, there are just so many brilliant producers who've kind of like 
fit um, right in the middle of the pendulum swing. They're not on the super oaky side and they're not on the steely, um, you know, um, uh, side of things. And it's right. just kind of like right back to, to where it is. And yeah, I don't know, but make me happy. Well, I hope, uh, I hope wine makes you happy. I hope, um, you know, it brings you closer to earth and to history and, um, and, uh, thank and you so much for being on the show and, and uh, talk with us. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Daniel, um, Daniel McKeever, who is, uh, works for Glaciers Domains and Estates. Um, have a wonderful week, everybody. Stay tuned for, uh, what's your status and keep it pegged to co-op for the entire afternoon. We're going to hear, um, some, uh, some more announcements and, uh, Mikhail will be up. Have a wonderful week and uh, enjoy some wonderful wine and enjoy it responsibly.